0: I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. You know, I know that same Jesus that Doyle knows. I know him. I was nine months pregnant with my fourth child, and I was breached. The baby's head was up here. I was using a midwife. I thought I had three weeks left to go. No problem. You know what? The water broke. I'm in a crisis. I'm in trouble. I am home and I'm on my way to a city hospital and those doctors don't like you when you use midwives. I sat on the edge of my bed and I said, Jesus, Jesus, I humble myself. If you don't do something, I am on my way to the city hospital and they don't like me there. I said, if you don't do something, I'm on my way. I said, if that's where you want me to go, that's fine. I am looking at you. You know what? In 10 minutes time, the Jesus I know showed up at my house and turned that baby. And I called the midwife and she delivered. And that baby was delivered healthy. In fact, he's a squawking little 21-year-old. Yes. Now. You want to know him too? Do you want to know the Jesus that comes when you need him, that has the power to deliver you from whatever you have against you? Turn with me to Mark 1. I'm going to introduce you to him if you've never met him. Mark 1, Jesus himself. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What did Jesus preach? He preached the gospel. Do you think maybe if Jesus preached it, that's what we should do? It says Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. This is a commandment from Jesus. Remember, if we love Jesus, we keep his commandments. He said, repent you and believe the gospel. What does repent mean? No, it doesn't mean you have to put down your cigarettes. No, it doesn't mean you can never dance again. No, it doesn't mean you can say nasty things when you get really upset. That is not repentance. What is repentance? Changing what you think, what you feel, what you trust in. That's repenting. Change the way you are thinking. Change your will. And what do you do? You change it toward the gospel. You put it on the gospel. You change the way you think and you put it on the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. I grew up with a denomination that said the gospel, it's good news. The gospel's good news. Just trust in the good news. Well, what's the good news? Half price on chocolate to me is good news. But that's not going to save me. What is the good news? The good news is the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, this is the apostle Paul speaking. I declare unto you the gospel. Paul is getting ready here to declare the gospel. I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, You see, you got to receive it. You don't just get it preached to. you got to receive it. He said, which also you have received and wherein you stand. You stand in what? You stand in the gospel. You know, that's repentance. When you don't stand in what you grew up in, but you stand in the gospel, that's repentance. He said, by which also you are saved. Saved. Set it safety. You know that word means anything you need? If you need a job, getting a job, that's saved. If you are sick with cancer and God heals you of that cancer, I'd call that saved. If you are in dire need of money and that money showed up, believe me, you call that saved. Saved, anything you need. And where does it come from? From standing in the gospel. It says, for I declared unto you, first of all, which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I'm gonna read verse two again, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory, if you keep, if you keep. Do you hear that word if? If you keep in memory. What I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Do you know you can believe the gospel in vain? You can believe it for a little while and then not believe it. And what you believed is vain, worthless, worthless. What what do you do with the gospel? You stand in it. You hang on to it. You cling to it. You keep it. And what is the gospel? Verse 3, for I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the gospel. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. That Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he rose again. That's the gospel. Now, turn with me to Isaiah 52. Verse 13. We're going to look at Jesus. The first three words, behold my servant. Behold my servant. Who's speaking? Jehovah, the God of heaven and earth is speaking. And what does he say? Behold my servant. My servant. Did you know that the Messiah, did you know that the King of kings and the Lord of lords Became a servant. Became a servant. Turn with me to Hebrews 10. I'm going to begin in verse 5. Wherefore, when he, when Jesus, cometh into the world, Jesus came into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Next verse, 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins, Thou has had no pleasure. Do you see those words? Burn offerings and sacrifices for sins has had no pleasure. God had no pleasure. Now look, seven. Then said I, this is Jesus speaking. Then said I, Jesus speaking. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do whose will? To do Thy will, O God. Lo, I come, Jesus said, to do thy will, O God. If you will look in in, um, John's book, the book of John, you will find 16 times Jesus said, The Father sent me. The Father sent me. 16 times Jesus said, The Father sent me. The Father sent me. Jesus became a servant. You know, it says, uh, John 1:1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was God, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There were two. God was with God, and He was God. Two. Jesus loved, humbled Himself. Turn with me to Philippians 2, verse 7. Actually, let's begin in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was equal with God, and he didn't think that was wrong. And you know what? Neither did the Father. Equal with God. He was with God, and he was God. And look at this. It says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but, but made himself of no reputation. If you look that up and you, you search it out, if you do a little bit of studying to show yourself approved, you will find that that means to empty oneself of all your power. Jesus emptied himself of all his ability. When he was a God, he could be everywhere at once. He emptied himself of that. He could hear everything at once. He emptied himself of that. He could know everything at once. He emptied himself of that. He could be everywhere at once. He emptied himself of that. He laid it all down, all down. That couldn't have been too easy. And what's it say? It says, um, made himself of no reputation, emptied himself of all his power, and took upon him the form of a servant. A servant. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Not a king. Not a lord. Not a powerful man. Not a rich man. A servant. A servant. He was God, and he took on him of the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men like us. He became like us. Why? Because the father sent him to do so. He became a servant to the God he was equal to. He became a servant and he became a man like us serving God, not himself. He came to serve God. He became a servant to the father. It says, and and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Go with me to Acts 2, verse 23. And this is talking, Peter is talking about Jesus. Let's begin in verse 22. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinant counsel. Determinant counsel and foreknowledge of God. You know what the NIV says? It says, God's deliberate, deliberate plan. God's deliberate plan. Determinate counsel. This was all the plan of God. It was God that sent Jesus. It was God that had him humble himself and become a man. It was God that sent him to earth. Jesus said, Thou hast prepared me a body, a body. I need a body. If I'm going to be like them, I'm going to need a body. And you know what? God's determinate plan. Determinate counsel, his deliberate plan and foreknowledge had a body there for Jesus. And you know how that body started? One cell. He became just like us. He became a human. He became a baby. A baby. The God that was with God became a baby. He got a body from God. And then God, why? Because he was a servant. Behold my servant. Behold my servant. You know else who he was serving? You. He became a servant for you. He became a servant for you. Now, let's go on. Turn with me to Isaiah 53. Behold my servant. You know, when you get a revelation of the gospel and you got some dark days. I know, I am at the point now where all I have to do is stop and say, behold my servant, and the spirit in me rises. It gets happy. Why? Because I know what that servant did for me. I know what that servant did for me. I know what he's done for me. All the miracles that he did. I just shared one with you at the beginning. How did it begin? Behold my servant. Behold my servant. Let's take a look at 53 verse 1, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form. This is Jesus on the cross. No form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow, pain, acquainted with grief, sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, despised. Jesus was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded. He was pierced for our iniquities uh, for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Look at this next verse, 6. All we like sheep. All. You got that? All. But I have never sinned in my whole life. Well, guess what? You just lied. Now you're with the rest of us. All have sinned. It says... Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We want to do it our way. We think our way's the best. You have never seen it God's way. It says, everyone to his own way. And look at this next phrase. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, if you look that up, it says... God caused, God caused all our iniquity to be put on Jesus. It says, meet, meet him. It met him on the cross. If you look, if you study, if you read, Jesus walked to Calvary. He walked to Calvary. In fact, it says he turned around and looked at the women and said, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves. He walked to Calvary on his own two feet. They nailed him to the tree. But there was a time between after they nailed him to the tree, it got very dark. It got dark. The earth turned dark. Why? Because that was the time where God had all our iniquity, all our sin, all our perversity meet on Jesus. Went on that body. There was a time that iniquity went on his body body, a man's body, bore all our iniquities. And what did that iniquity do to that body? Every bone came out of joint, came out of joint. It was broken. Why? That's what sin will do to a body. That's what sin does. It produces death. And in Jesus, he was carrying yours. He was carrying your sin on his body. And when it met on him, when the Father laid it on him. Do you hear that? God, this wasn't a surprise to God. This wasn't God sitting back and just watching what was going on. This was the determinant counsel of God Jesus you're going to go to the cross and when you get hung on it I'm going to take the iniquity of the world and I'm going to put it on you and that's exactly what he did your iniquity went on that body and it got broken to pieces every bone at a joint the bones didn't break but they came apart they came apart If you've ever had a bone dislocated, you know the pain. Jesus took your iniquity. Now, let's continue. It says, and the Lord, the Father, hath laid on him, had meat all our iniquities on Jesus. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. The man on the cross died. Died. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Why did he die? Your sin. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. If you look that up, that's death. death, Because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth. Look at this next verse. Yet it pleased the Lord. It pleased the Lord. It made God happy. It made God happy to bruise him. This is the father's servant. This was a once God, now a man, and it made the father happy to hurt him made the father happy to hurt him. Why? Because then he didn't have to hurt you. Because then he doesn't have to hurt you. This is God of the God of love. And he is doing to the uttermost what he needs to do so that he doesn't have to hurt you. He doesn't want his wrath on you. He doesn't want you to suffer for your sins. He doesn't want you to die, and he certainly doesn't want you to go to hell. He didn't make hell for you. He made it for the devil. He didn't make it for you. So what's he do? He gets him a servant. He gets him a servant, his own son, because he knows that's the only one that can do this. He is the only one that can do this. And God didn't want this to happen to you. So he sent Jesus to do it for you. Jesus became your sacrifice. Jesus became your sin. He became the one that took your punishment. Look at the love of the Father. He didn't want you to pay for your sins. So he had Jesus pay for it for you. Isn't that a glorious thing? And you know what? It made him happy to do so. That verse says it pleased the Father to do this to him. It pleased him. And he shall see, if you go down to verse 11, he shall see the travail of Jesus' soul. He shall see how much Jesus suffered the wrath of God. He will see how much he suffered paying for your sin He'll see that suffering. He saw that suffering. And you know what he did? He saw Jesus in hell burning because of you, for you. He didn't want you to go to hell, so he sent Jesus for you. And you know what? He saw Jesus in hell. He saw that all the sin was paid for, and he was satisfied. He said, that's enough. I'm satisfied. This sin This punishment has been satisfied. Satisfied concerning Jesus and satisfied concerning you. Concerning you. And he raised that servant from the dead. You want to be part of that family. You want to take on the death, resurrection, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You want part of the power that the Father gave us through Jesus. The love that the Father gave us through Jesus. You want to be part of that? You have to be born again. Jesus said you must be. You must be born again. And how are you born again? Romans 10.10. If you say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, You shall be saved. And all the wrath that Jesus took for you will become taken away from you. Your sins will be justified. You will be set as a daughter or a son of God. God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.